Welcome to this week's episode of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast. My name is Jennifer Apple. And this week, I talked to Tanya Bhattacharya all about LinkedIn. Now, if you're anything like me, you're probably wondering, why do we need to use yet another social media platform? What are the perks of LinkedIn for artists specifically? Why do I need to care? Well, that's exactly what Tanya and I talk about on this week's episode. She delves into the transformative power and untapped potential of LinkedIn for creative individuals and artists. She dispels the notion that it's a corporate and sterile platform by sharing her journey of using it to build a human-driven community. We discuss the power of storytelling to build trust and foster relationships on the platform, provide practical insights on optimizing one's profile, and emphasize the importance of showcasing authenticity and using it as a tool for community building. We also reflect on the vision of creating spaces where everyone belongs and explore the possibilities of building without rules or competition. Enjoy! Tanya Bhattacharya, hello. <laughs> Hi, so good to be here. Oh, I'm so grateful that you were in this space. For anybody who does not know you, who are you today? Mm, that's such a good question. I spent a lot of time thinking about this as like a INFJ, Pisces mm. person. Mm. Um, who I am today is, you know, I feel very tenderhearted today. Um, I am a person who helps people show up on LinkedIn, whatever that looks like for them. Sometimes it's very business related. Sometimes it's about personal self-fulfillment and healing and just like sharing more of themselves in a really, uh, creative way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, usually it's somewhere in the middle of those two things. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a Southern Californian. I'm a dog mom. I'm a podcaster as well. I'm a storyteller. I am a recovering nonprofit fundraiser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. We could have some chats about that. But yeah. yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm all about social impact, social change, and using my very specific like writing skills and storytelling skills that I've always kind of honed ever since before I knew I was doing that, like as a kid and whatnot, to kind of help people who are doing good work show up in a in a deeper, more influential way. Yeah. Well, I found you through Kel Haney, who is on the yeah. current fundraising situation, who we've mm -hmm. had on the podcast. Um, and Kel was like, you and Tanya are like, you need to and, – and so I was like, all right, I trust. And here we are. And I am so excited for this conversation because – I feel, and I will only speak on behalf of myself, but I think that this is probably a generally felt thing in the artist sphere that LinkedIn specifically feels like a, one of the many social media sites that I don't have to engage with given the kind of career that I have, um, that I'm not going to be recruited necessarily for the same kind of job as an actor that I would if I were trying to find you know, a full-time salaried position, which, you know, I wish that that were more the situation of the stability part of what <laughs> I do, but just logistically the search is yeah. different. And I think there's an understanding that I have of what LinkedIn is for and what it's not for. Mm. And I'd love right. to kind of debunk that or maybe rewire that for my own brain. And I imagine many listeners out here in the way in which LinkedIn actually can serve us as yeah. creatives, as people who are self-expressive, as people who have a long lineage of storytelling abilities and how it actually is a platform that does allow for all of that. And we're just not using it the way that it can be used. <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. That's that's a perfect setup of this kind of big situation that I find myself yeah. um, debunking oftentimes. Mm -hmm. And there's a real there's a there's a very good reason why people automatically think of LinkedIn as this place to find a full time job. This place that's kind of stuffy, corporate, sterile. Yeah. This place that is like an absolute virtual depiction of like a like a uncomfortable, too cold boardroom table yeah. setting with like fluorescent lights, you know, yeah. that's what people oftentimes think LinkedIn is. And there's some truth to that because LinkedIn kind of started that way. Um, you know, LinkedIn has been around since before MySpace. It's like ancient in, in the terms of like how long it's been around. And, you know, when it started, it was very much about finding a job, recruitment, things like that. But over the years, and and I found that this change has like sped up over the last couple of years, especially once 
everybody started working from home. You know, the realities of our working situation changed so starkly in 2020 and beyond that LinkedIn has sort of morphed into a place where you can really build a, a beautiful, creative, you know, human personal brand and really start to show up as yourself. You know, I often tell people, you know, don't try to show up as a resume on LinkedIn, mm. show up as a resource, like share, like share what you are going through, share what you've been through, you know, uh, learn out loud, um, share, share what your vision is, you know, mm -hmm. and the right people will begin to emerge out of the woodwork because LinkedIn is a place where you can still, it's still unsaturated. That's the other piece about it. In I what way? Like, what do you mean by that? Like there, even though there's quite a few, there's like, I think 900 million active users. Only <laughs> and you're like, this isn't saturated. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But when you look at the other platforms, they yeah. have so much more and not just that, but only 3% of LinkedIn users actually share content at all. So mm. we've got a lot of LinkedIn lurkers. We've got a lot of people who, a lot of people who are on there checking it every now and then scrolling the platform. They're never going to share their own stuff. They're never going to well, not never. They're 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 not always going to engage, but they are watching. They are internalizing. They are building trust in what other folks have to say. And it's just a matter of you know, it's it, you're you're building relationship. It's mm -hmm. just invisible. It's just invisible relationship sometimes on LinkedIn. So it's so interesting. It's unlike any other platform that I've really used or been a part of. But you know, I discovered how magical it could be when I was still a nonprofit ED. And you know, by the way, I love Kel so much. Like she yeah. is really just a shining. <laughs> star and she makes fundraising look so good because I know she's like all about taking the ick out of the ask and exactly. making it transformational versus transactional. And that's really how it should be. Mm -hmm. And there's such a need for Kel and there's such a need for her work because I found fundraising to be a space that could have been so imbued with creativity and art and beauty and relationship. And just because of I don't know. Like I don't I don't know if it's the systems we live in. I don't know if it's the power and privilege that many donors tend to have. I don't know if it's just, I don't know, like it's a lot of things, but it didn't feel that way. But when I was on LinkedIn, I did find these glimpses of really beautiful transformational relationship versus mm -hmm. transactional stuff. And I can get into that if you want, but I would love me, to. Let yeah. me see how this is landing with you. Yeah. yeah. It definitely, I hear what you're saying. And because I don't understand how it works, I think yeah. I'm missing the link of this is the. Uh, this is how it can be transformational. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then let me share my story. Please. Let me share my story of how I discovered that. I'd love so, to hear it. Um, the organization that I worked for was a nonprofit addiction treatment program for women and their families. And I was there for 12 years. So right out of school, wow. hopped right in, started fundraising, didn't know a whole lot about much <laughs> at all. Mm -hmm. I was like Bambi, right? And one of the very first um, sort of tasks that I was given as a, you know, fresh out of college kind of person was, hey, why don't you like get to know some of our alumni and start, you know, seeing if you can shape a storytelling campaign, you know, see who's interested in, in sharing their story of what they have been through, what they've overcome, what their life is like now. And, you know, let's see how we can share that with the people in our community. And I was like, okay. So I started doing that and it took time, right, to build trust, to build rapport, mm -hmm. to, you know, even to like sort of tease out their story in a way that felt strengths-based, you know, um, what I'll share. And this, this might, I might go on a couple tangents, it's but okay. I trust that we'll get to where we need to go. 100%. So usually the story that women would share was very much still rooted in sort of like a shame-based story, like mm -hmm. a guilt story. Like I, I, you know, I was such a bad mom, but, you know, X, Y, Z or you know, it was very much still about the addiction itself and not so much about the recovery. And so sort of intuitively, I started just asking people more about what it is like now, like what, how are they able to help other people now that they're in recovery? Um, you know, tell me about like the, the strengths-based pieces of your story, the courage, the resilience, the mm -hmm. hope. And we really focused their story on that versus the the drunkologues versus the, 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 you know, the, the really, the, the focusing on the painful stuff. And over time I saw how these specific women started to advocate for themselves in their lives, like in a very different way in their home life, in their relationships, in, if they were, you know, if they were justice involved in their, in their court dates, just everywhere, the 
what I saw is when they were able to build a different story about themselves and tell a different story about what they've been through, you know, not, not just like they started seeing themselves differently, but other people started seeing them differently as a result of the story that they had embodied. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so cool and so powerful. And, you know, simultaneously as I was doing this, you know, and I kept doing this work, even as I grew in the company and became the head fundraiser. And then I became sort of like a VP level. And then eventually I became the executive director. Again, this is all over 12 years, but I kept doing that piece of it. I was like, I always want to have this little group with our women because this is so powerful. This is what keeps me, keeps the mission alive within mm -hmm. me. And so, you know, we were, we were pretty small. We weren't huge. We didn't have like a consulting PR firm. We didn't have a large marketing team. And so at a certain point I realized, okay, we need to get our name out there in a bigger way. Like we we're a pretty small fish in a big pond. Like we need to do something to get our, our stories out there yeah. in a deeper way. And so I was like, why don't I just start messing around with LinkedIn? Right? Like we had an Instagram, we, we had, you know, different things, but I was like, I don't think we're maximizing LinkedIn in the way that we could. And so I challenged myself to tell one interesting story per week on LinkedIn. And it wasn't, if I was sharing the story of one of our alumni, it was with very, very expressed permission. Like they had agreed like, yes, mm -hmm. this is something I want to you know, share for the benefit of the mission. Um, but I'd also share my personal stories around mental health, around what I was discovering as a young nonprofit executive director. You know, I just started sharing things that I cared about. I started sharing pictures and stories about the, you know, coalitions that I was a part of building behind the scenes. And it was slow work. Like for about two months to three months, it kind of felt like nothing was happening. You know, mm -hmm. it felt like, you know, it wasn't really making a ripple effect. And you were like writing but these I, little blog posts. That's what this was, correct? Yeah. Like okay. not even blog. I would say there were about 200 words. They were short. Okay. They were like two paragraphs. Do so they of act as little messages that pop up on pe who follow you and that's what people get? Again, like break this yeah. down for me as though I've never looked on LinkedIn in my okay, life. Okay. <laughs> got it. No, I really appreciate that. I appreciate that, uh, that prompting. So yeah, I mean, they essentially show up as little mini stories on a feed that yeah. people who were following me would, would see. And the beautiful thing about LinkedIn too is the people who were following me, like their contacts would start to see it if they engaged. So let's say okay. I had a board member, like, a, like let's say, you know, our board chair saw what I was sharing and liked it and left a little comment. Many of the people in, in their network would start to see it. And these were, you know, decision makers, right? They yeah. were power brokers. They were movers and shakers in our local community. They were, you know, yeah, they were essentially they were decision makers who had the ability to funnel resources toward our work if they could feel an emotional reaction and resonance to what we Got were it. doing. And so these stories were doing that, like invisibly, slowly, uh, not with a not with a bang, right? But with a whimper, I guess. Like it was it was slow work. Yeah. But I kept doing it. And part of the reason I kept doing it is because I actually realized that I started enjoying it. And so to your work around like you know, art and, you know, it can artists show up on LinkedIn. I would argue that writing for LinkedIn is, is an art in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Like it's a way to, um, practice our own creativity, especially when we're in roles that, you know, maybe we, we have a, a part-time corporate job, or maybe there is a mission driven component to our work. And we want to connect with other people who can donate, who can, connect us with people who have resources that can, you know, support our work. Um, you know, board members, potential volunteers who can come alongside us and support us with their time, talent, and treasure. So anyway, back to my little experiment. <laughs> After about 90, it, like there was a tipping point at about 90 days. Like it okay. took about a quarter, I will say. And that's, you know, I think people's oftentimes when something is not working within a week or a month, it's you like, oh, this isn't towel. working. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, LinkedIn doesn't work. And the reality is like, it just takes a little bit more time. Um, and, but what I noticed is instead of me having to knock on doors, pound the pavement, ask for money, send all these like, you know, letters asking for sponsorship dollars, companies started coming to us and saying, hey, like, you don't know me. I saw this come up on my feed. I see you're having this event at, you know, like insert local country club. How can we get involved? Like, is this something that we should bring our team to? Like, you know, tell me more, essentially. There was an invitation to get involved. Um, instead of sending out pitches to, you know, reporters we didn't know, people started coming out of the woodwork and saying, hey, like I have a magazine or hey, I run this like 
big blog in the local area. Can we do a feature on you? And instead of, you know, in terms of referrals for the, um, for the, you know, I mean, we were a specialty healthcare organization, physicians, interventionists, HR teams started reaching out to us mm -hmm. and saying, you know, we have somebody that, you know, we don't know how to address this situation, but we, there's somebody in our ecosystem in our midst that needs treatment and we mm -hmm. don't know what to do. Like, can you help? And so we started getting very like aligned, perfect sort of like right fit opportunities just from showing up and consistently sharing our stories. And, wow. you know, what better feeling is that? So so that's a little snapshot of the transformational yeah. piece. Wow. I hear the difference in my mind. It's like on Facebook, which I don't use, but mm. I have or I used to for sure. Like, you know, it used to be like you would create a little, I guess it was, it's kind of like the little posts that you would make for your page and then that would go into yeah. people's feed. And then as you're scrolling through the feed, those little posts would pop up. Or if you were in a group, the little posts, those kind of things. But the difference that I'm hearing is when one on Facebook creates it just on your own feed, it only sticks with your feed and your friends unless people share right. it. Whereas right. LinkedIn, if anybody engages with it, it automatically starts to populate in people's feeds whether they've really asked for it or not because they assume that by connection, because that's all LinkedIn is, like you have a degree of separation by however many degrees you are, this person most likely will be in alignment with the type of things that you do, just knowing the algorithm on the back end. Am I understanding that correctly? Yes. That's a beautiful description of it. You you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. And, I, and how beautiful is that? Like, can we just take a moment to like... I think building community is such a powerful thing, especially in this day and age when yeah. we're so like kind of isolated and disconnected 100%. and discombobulated. Like LinkedIn has figured out how to, and they've applied it from a business development standpoint, but the reality is like you and I are connected in terms of like, we have a mutual friend, like we have common values, we yeah. have things that we mutually care about. So of course the people in our midst, there's a likelihood that they too would be interested in what we have to say. 100%. And so it's just a very beautiful sort of like meta meta way of how community works in real life. Well, I think that's why I'm interested in understanding it more because as yeah. somebody who consistently seeks to build community, arguably that is what we're trying to do here with Empowered Artists Collective mm. was when it was in its first inception as an incubator program. Like that is literally what it was, was like, how do we build this community and expand your resources and your network without it feeling icky around it? Um, yeah. And the continuation through a podcast, although it's usually me and a guest, it's like I'm bringing on people who hopefully are in valued alignment with understanding the world that they are hoping to see as well. And that usually includes community and how are we expanding that? And so for me, I love the idea that for a space that, as you say, is not oversaturated in my mind, that's a lot, but in comparison, <laughs> say, to other high, more oversaturated yeah. spaces um, and for if you're saying only 3% or even a small margin of those users are using this kind of function to create this community, who better than artists who already have that as an ethos for the way in which they live in the world and the work that they create? Like, who better to use that platform in a way that it actually isn't really being used than yeah. folks who are naturally inclined to storytell and naturally inclined to create community and are hoping and to create more ways to do that. Um, I think that's such a wonderful prospect for yeah. in the ether webs, how do we kind of continue going outside of the spheres that we already know so deeply? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. How do I begin then? Let's yeah. dial it back. Let's say I'm like, you know what? This sounds really exciting. I'm going to start to use LinkedIn. And I want to yeah. kind of gargle in my mouth as I say these words because adding another social <laughs> media onto the mix makes me want to not yeah. talk about it. But here I am. Let's say I've decided, you know what? This actually feels more in alignment. I actually feel like I have some things to say that I don't want to have a you know 100-word count to talk about it. Mm. I want to use it as a way to build community as opposed to just like me sharing, you know, just into the ether. Um, I also, if I'm thinking about it as a long-term way of bringing people into the folds for potential opportunities for, yeah, investment or um, people who have more resources than maybe I do or access to things that I don't um, to kind of start to bring these people into the fold. Where do I start? Do I sit yeah. with myself and think, all right, these are the things that I want to talk about? Do I just like go shoot from the hip? Like what, what do I do? 
I love this question. This is a great question. And and I would say it is a good idea to sit and think about the things that you want to talk about. But where I was going to go initially with this answer yeah. was to actually like dust off your profile, right? Because the profile is yeah. kind of like the, like, it's like the homepage, it's like the yeah. digital homepage. And I would say like, I totally understand the, the, the feeling of wanting to gargle in your mouth, thinking of adding another social media platform yeah. because there's, like, it can create overwhelm for sure. And what I'll say to anybody feeling that way is that, you know, you don't like, I will say LinkedIn is a low lift platform. You don't have to show up every day. In fact, I don't recommend it. Like when I was doing this as a nonprofit ED, I was showing up once per week. Mm-hmm. And that was more than enough to like really show up because again, LinkedIn is, a, it's not saturated yet. And so your content will have a longer shelf life. The other thing I'll say before I talk more about like the actual answer to your question is that, you know, LinkedIn is a very trusted site in the eyes of Google. Like it is highly um, indexed in the eyes Mm -hmm. of Google. And so when you Google yourself, like when you search for Jennifer Apple, most likely your LinkedIn is going to be one of the higher things to show up just because of, again, how Google sees LinkedIn. And so even if you're like, you know what, like I'm going to be in in this 97% of people who like has a LinkedIn and just doesn't like share my own content all the time because it feels too overwhelming because I have all this other stuff going on. Just dust off your profile because when people start to Google you because you put yourself out there in a new way, your LinkedIn will be one of the things to come up, right? When you so, say dust it though, are we talking about, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that you have all of the years and jobs that you've ever had input appropriately? Is it that you need people to endorse you? Also, what is that? Right. Like, is it like, you know, like, what are we talking about just before you go and answer the question? Yeah. Yeah. I think all of that stuff is less important than showing up as kind of like an embodied representation of, of, again, the world that you're trying to build. And so what that can look like is, you know, um, for those of you who maybe started a LinkedIn when when LinkedIn opened, like in yeah. 2005 and haven't returned, they've added a lot more features that um, make it a lot more possible to build like a hu- human-driven brand. So for example, the very first thing you see when you show up on somebody's LinkedIn profile is a cover banner. And this is a pretty thick banner. Like this is good real estate. And so for all of you artists out there, especially kind of like visual artists, um, this is a great place to demonstrate, you know, some of your art. If you are, um, like in the theater, like, like have a picture of you performing, like this is a place where you can really showcase who you are and how you want to represent yourself as an artist. And, you know, my medium is words, like I'm a writer, but like at the same time, a picture is worth a thousand words. So that's a beautiful place to, to start. Then, you know, of course there's your headshot. Feel free to be yourself in your headshot, you know, be you. Um, Right below that is your headline. So the automatic thing is going to show up there is kind of like your title and company. So let's say, you know, yours is going to say like Jennifer Apple with Empowered Artist Collective, like something like that, like whatever you input. You can change that headline to whatever you want. And I'm a big proponent of changing it to kind of like a description of who you are, what you believe in, Mm. the world you're trying to build, like what you're passionate about, because that is what's going to draw people in. Can I ask what yours is? Yeah. Like mine is a little one sentence description. It's like, I support good – it's something like I support good humans and showing up as the thought leaders they are. Mm -hmm. And then it talks a little bit more about like the pod, my podcast and what it's about. I've, I've experimented with different things. Like I used to have dog mom on there. I used to say like, you know, tender hearted Pisces. Cause that really is like a, the perfect, that, that's who I am at my core. <laughs> um, so you can talk about who you are. Like it doesn't okay. have to be all about your job, you know? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. that's a fun opportunity then because that yeah. really is, it kind of goes back to like why I ask, you know, who you are today and people bring in all sorts mm-hmm. of things when I ask that question. Um, some people really lead from like, I am feeling X, Y, and Z in this moment. Some people lead from like their career titles. Some people lead from, you know, their human interests and some people do all of the yeah. above. And for me, it doesn't, it, it's neither good or bad. It's just like people right. are owning what they are feeling in that moment as the thing that is taking up the space. And I, I feel that this is a beautiful opportunity in that little byline of putting in what feels truthful in that moment to you. And it can be, you know, whatever it it, it, it is like it could be okay these are some titles that have to do with my career but this also is something that I like a love of mine and an interest of mine or a passion of mine or how I self-identify or any of those things that and so that would be the thing that shows up in my Google search when you search Jennifer Apple LinkedIn 
Yeah, like that will show up. That will also show up. It'll follow you around the platform. So if you are, you know, commenting on someone else's plat- uh, post, like that will show up there as well. Okay. And so I love what you actually just said because I think how you demonstrate who, like who you are and how you're showing up in your headline is a great depiction of your values and what's important to you. And like you said, there's no right answer or wrong answer. Like I've seen major executives for like Fortune 500 companies have in their headline like grandmother of five, you know? And yeah. it's like, okay, that's awesome because I know what's important to you and the right people are going to show up and, and resonate with her, Yeah, you know, accordingly. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. And so, okay. So you have this photo that's an opportunity. You have this little byline that's an opportunity. Um, and then is there anything else that I need to dust yeah. off and perfect before I start to create these little stories that we were, <laughs> that we've totally sidetracked, yeah. but we'll get to when I'm not worried about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two things. I would say two big things. And one is going to be your featured section. And that's relatively new. That came out in the last, I want to say like two years or so. Mm-hmm. And so that's a pretty, um, you know, large part of your profile where you can actually feature. I think of it as like a bulletin board. It's like where you can feature things you're proud of. And this is great for folks who would consider themselves artists. And again, like that's such a broad term. I see I see everyone who is sharing content on LinkedIn as an artist in their own way. But that's a place where you can share like media rich content, whether it's a video, a YouTube video, a PDF, a website, like a picture, a LinkedIn piece of content. And um, so that will show up and, you know, attract people in. That's like, that's like showing off who, like the things that you're most proud of that you want to see people right away when they kind of land on your profile. And is it like a bulletin board where you're like, check out my website and then you link it? Or like, I have this freebie, you can download it here. Then there's, yeah. the th- it's like that kind of thing. Or is it just like yeah. one word of what No, it's not one word. Like you can see a lot more than one word. You see kind of like a picture and then you see a description and you see a title. So you could, it's kind of like the first thing you describe. Okay. Like you can, it's, it's more rich than just like a word or two. And so the last thing that I would dust off, and this is an opportunity to really be self-reflective. Um, the, I would say to dust off your about section because so many people, again, this is where resumes go to die. Like this is boring bio central. This is just like, (laughs) oh my God, this is so boring. Like blah. And um, you don't have to be boring. You can be you. Like share your story in your about section. Like I like to think of my about section as being a, and this is, you have quite a bit of words you can use here. I think the limit's like 2,600 characters. So that's a pretty big chunk. Yeah. That's a pretty big chunk. That's like a paper that people try to get to when they're writing, you know, something in class and they're like, I need to put some spaces between my periods. Right, right. That's a lot. Okay. It's a lot. It's a lot. And it's it's beautiful because stories are the one thing where people are going to like really – it's a short, it's a shortcut to trust. Like short stories are everything. But um, so I'd recommend putting in there, you know, something about the the problem that you're wanting to solve in the world through your art, the transformation that you're passionate about making possible, like who it is that you serve and who you want to talk to, like who you want to kind of be connected with through your LinkedIn I would share, you know, a bit of your origin story, like your brand story. Like, why is it that you do what you do now? Like, what is it that you have grown through to become the guide that you are, right? Mm. Um, all of those kinds of things, you know, it doesn't have to be like, it just, it doesn't have to be boring. Make it, make it fun. Yeah. Yeah. Who knew that LinkedIn wasn't just my resume and listing the years <laughs> and time that I was a part of them? That, yeah, <laughs> I think these are wonderful little tidbits because anyone who is in, most likely. The the majority of the people who are listening to this space are storytellers in some capacity, whether it's visual, whether it's through their bodies, whether it's their hearts and their spirits, whether it's their voices, whatever it is, like people are sharing of themselves in creative ways. And um, to know that there is space for that in LinkedIn and that there aren't rules for it and it doesn't have to feel corporate in that way. And arguably that actually makes you stand out on that site. Um, without trying so hard and or putting in effort on a consistent basis. It's a one-time drop of let me put this here and I can always edit it if I want to. Um, that yeah. feels very fruitful as an opportunity. So thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. Have you been using the same monologue for years and could use a new piece? Are you applying to BA, BFA, or MFA programs and need a monologue for that process? Are you simply someone who has no idea where to search for monologues? Well, lucky for you, I do what is called monologue sourcing, in which I find monologues specifically chosen for you. So many artists use pieces based off external labeling for types and roles, rather than find pieces sharing who they really are and what speaks to them. 
So we meet virtually together and you share with me who you are as a human, what you love, dislike, your values, beliefs, family, friends, love, politics, you name it. I will help guide you through this. Don't worry. And then I go off on my own and I find you monologues chosen just for you that fit like a glove. I have been doing monologue sourcing for years as an extension of the coaching I do with artists, and I have found pieces in this way for over hundreds of artists thus far. So if you are someone who wants to feel empowered about the monologues you bring into rooms and use for auditions, I would love to help you find them. And because you are a dedicated listener of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast, I want to provide you with a custom link to an exclusive rate when you check out today. Head to empoweredartistscollective.com slash podcast promo to register. That's empoweredartistscollective.com slash podcast promo. I cannot wait to find you monologues you absolutely adore. Now I want to go back to like, I create these posts. What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, and that's very much up to you. So there's quite okay. a few different types of posts that you can do on LinkedIn. Sort of the most popular is just like an image and some text, like some story, but you can also do polls. And that is really fun to build community because you okay. get to, you know, people for whatever reason, like when I'm scrolling Instagram, like I'll just like everything. I'll just leave comments on all. I'll just like, you know, yeah. I'm just on there. On LinkedIn, it's a little different. And I think part of that is because, you know, it's again, that could, that connect, that community linkage piece. When I comment on something, I know that, you know, potentially my boss, my ex-boss, my coworkers, like yeah. people in my professional life are going to see what I'm up to on there. So people are less likely to just like, leave all these long comments. They still do. I mean, they do if you nurture your community. But interesting though. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's an interesting little nugget. You know, mm-hmm. it's an interesting nugget. Um, well, because it's, but- it's a way that I think the internet's a scary place and people yeah. are really vicious and brutal and awful and have a lot of feelings and opinions and aren't necessarily afraid to say them behind their screen. But if you know that the trail follows you in a more active way. I imagine people are a little bit more, not close to the chest necessarily, but a little bit more thoughtful about the way in which they are engaging, which um, frankly, I wish was all over. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, yes. Yes. It there it kind of takes away that anonymity that you can mm-hmm. have on like Twitter or I guess I don't, now it's X and all these different spaces. Yeah. Um, LinkedIn is pretty polite. Like it's pretty – like you're not going to – I think I've gotten maybe two kind of like trolly, hatery comments mm-hmm. ever since I've started building my brand. And the reality is like it's very obvious that the work that I'm doing is social change driven. And so – yeah, like people are pretty polite on LinkedIn. Yeah, so the, for better the or for plus. worse, I would imagine, right? It's kind of like yeah. you, you want people to be able to say what they want to say, but also they recognize that they're, this might not be the space. Right. And I think, you know, it's a balance. I think people are willing to say what they want to say and like speak truth to power and kind of like say what they need to say, but they're not just going to be like an anonymous hate, hater. They're yeah. not going to be a troll, right? So yeah. it's like, it's a balance. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but all that being said, I think people are less likely to just like put out whatever's on their heart just on a whim. And so I think polls are a really great way to kind of like garner interest because they're anonymous. Like people can't see how other people vote. Only you can see that. So okay. I've been really into that. I think having – doing LinkedIn Lives, um, we could very well just have like broadcasted this onto LinkedIn Live. So like anytime you're doing a show, you're doing a, a talk, you're doing a – whatever it is that you're doing virtually, like that can just be a LinkedIn live as well. And you can expand your reach that way. Like that's kind of a great way to repurpose something you're already doing and just stick it on a platform where more people can find it, right? It's a discoverable space. Yeah. What happens Um, when people have say like this, for example, you know, it's me and Empowered Artists Collective is its own thing. Um, I have a whole gorgeous team behind me that are doing things as well. So it's not just me in a vacuum, though in this space, obviously I'm like the face of these, you know, conversations. What is, is it better for people who have like things that are not themselves, but are their creative extensions to, for those extensions to have their own LinkedIn profiles? Or is it like you as a person, even though you are operating under an extension, yeah should incorporate it in your own space and not create that extra leg oh this is such a good question this is such a good question and this is a question that you know people that are kind of like linkedin coaches linkedin trainers whatever you want to call us 
debate internally all the time. Yeah, like I, I think, think about it too, even with my own coaching where it's like, it is my coaching, yeah. but also like I am an actor first and foremost. And then my coaching is also a huge part of who I am. And my podcast hosting is also a huge part of who I am. And all of these kind of fall under these different umbrellas, but it is me. But how, yes. but the reach is potentially different and the, the communities are potentially a little bit different also. Yes. Yeah, 100%. So like, you know, anybody who's listening, you can feel free to disagree with me, but this is a hill I'm willing to die on, that I think that this kind of stuff should go under our personal brand, like you, okay. Jennifer Apple. And the reason for that is because people are always wanting to get to know people way yeah. more than they're wanting to like follow kind of like a faceless business account. Yeah. And if you think about it, companies like Apple, Nike, like these big Fortune 100 companies invest in spokespeople. They invest in branding. They invest in ways to make their company seem more like a person, you mm -hmm. know, seem make it have a personality. And the reality is as individuals, right, as as coaches, as artists, as service providers, we already have such an advantage over these big con multinational conglomerates, which is that we are people, we are humans, yeah. and people just want to connect at the level of our humanity. That's all we want, yeah. whether we think we do or not. And so I would say have it go under your personal profile because, you know, that's – I think that's going to have the, the deeper reach. That's going to build trust in a different way. Yeah. It's interesting because I think that's like the age-old conversation too. Obviously, Instagram continues to change its algorithm and – but it was like, okay, do you create like a company Instagram account versus your own personal or do you start to incorporate more of that company stuff into your personal account and how do you manage it? I just think it's an interesting conversation and I imagine it will continue to morph as you go. But especially yeah. for those, myself included, who would be starting out, if you already have people who know you and can vouch for you as a human being in a space that's all about knowing these connections and then expanding from there. If you start from yourself, then it would only expand from yourself. And I think that is a, a healthy way of starting. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. And when even even when I look at examples from as, you know, huge as like Sarah Blakely and Spanx or like Richard Branson and Virgin, all the way to like, you know, the individual who has, you know, maybe a five person team, a 10 person team mm -hmm. and has decided to ha create different like a like a, you know, a profile for the company and a profile for themselves. When I compare the two, the profile that's just about themselves is always doing better. There's more people commenting. There's greater reach. You know, that's where people want to connect. Yeah, there comes a time, I think when, and I don't know where that tipping point is. I think it's different for every business where you do maybe want to start doing some more things on the company page. And maybe that has to do with a certain number of employees. Maybe that has to do with a certain number of, you know, um, projects to speak on. You know, I, there's a tipping point, but definitely when you're starting out, I would focus on the personal page. I love that. Um, what about when it comes to like the networking part? You know, I think mm. this is the thing and people have a lot of feelings around networking and uh, in artist spaces, it also carries a different kind of weight just because this is a relationship built industry um, yeah. and arguably the jobs that one will book come from the relationships that one has and the people who are vouching on their behalf and the references that come because of the work that you have done. It's like, I mean, everything is, you know, most businesses yeah. have that, but specifically in the arts. And so when it comes to LinkedIn and it being truly about connections and spheres of connections and how do you make larger connections and how do you get to those other connections that are connected to those other connections, yeah. what are we doing? Yeah. I, like, <laughs> I love this. This is so juicy. This is fantastic. You know, on the one hand, just showing up and sharing your stories from a very personal lens and just like just just really being a storyteller is organically going to help the right people start to show up. And I'll I'll bring up Cal again just because she had a really good example of this happening, like for her. So as she started sharing her stories, like a a producer, like a pretty famous like Tony Award winning producer, started seeing her content and just reached out, like just reached out and said, you know, like. I, I can, you know, I can tell that you are, you have your heart in this and they began a relationship that way. So that will happen sometimes. If you want to speed it up, you can also reach out to people. And so I came from an industry that's also very relationship based, which is, you know, fundraising mm -hmm. that you know, hugely, hugely relationship based. Yeah. And what I found is that when I would, you know, call folks and leave a message at the, you know, corporate office, when I would send a letter, when I would send an email. I didn't get a huge response rate or a huge return rate. For whatever reason, on LinkedIn, when I sent a message to some of these individuals, these program officers, these you know board members, these different people, 
they actually saw it. And I think that's because and you, you know, could emails, see letters. You see it, correct? You can, it has so that. So you can, you can see it. It's like kind of vague. Like you could like, um, I'm trying to, so when you're on LinkedIn and you're on a, in a message, mm-hmm. you can see that they read it because there's like a tiny little their their headshot shows up right. like really really tiny, kind of down. It's kind of like a Google Hangouts if you're 100%. on Google Hangouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. Get it. But yeah, you can see if they read it. But also like because I mean you want them to respond really is what you right. want. And so, I think a lot of folks are gatekept in terms of emails, letters, and calls. Like they yes. have assistants, they have people that are whose whole job it is to kind of protect them from this barrage of people who want to come in and build relationship. On LinkedIn. That's not always the case. Like people have it on their phone, you know, they have the LinkedIn app and they're, they're on there, they're scrolling. And so I found that I was able to connect with the people I really wanted to more powerfully than any other medium. Mm-hmm. And I think it's about just showing up as a human being, human being to human being, like being interested in what they have to say. Like if somebody you want to connect with has a recent, they get an award, they change jobs, they share a story on their LinkedIn, right? They share a post. It's like, you know, respond to that. Like yeah. start with start with that, you know, start with that. And the relationship will flow over time, especially if they can come over to your profile and see that see what it is that you do, right? Mm-hmm. You're not just some baseless person. And you now that you've your, dusted, you're all you're all yes. gorgeous and present. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's <laughs> it. So this is one of the scariest things to do is start to reach out and like build a relationship with folks. And it it, it almost feels like cold calling, but it's not because really I don't I think it's not about going in with a very specific ask, like you're asking for a certain amount of money or you're asking for this thing. You're simply building relationship. And then the ask comes later on, right? Yeah. Oof. This is juicy. And again, it's not rocket science. I think the thing is that we just forget that this is something that we have at our disposal. Um, And it's just a matter of our A, intentions of using it and B, the desire to use it in the way that it's meant to be structured. You know, I, I the amount of times that I've tried to reach out to these gate-kept folks that you're talking about through their beautiful gates of right. their agents, their managers, their assistants, and it took months, 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 months. Mm-hmm. I had I had a guest that I really wanted to have on this podcast and I tried to play all of the correct rules. I reached out truly like to all their reps and they were back and forth with me. It took forever. They yeah. And truly, I actually wonder to this day if the person I was wanting to reach even knew that this was happening. Mm-hmm. I doubt it because it was taking so long and I was over it. And I was like, honestly, I just want a yes or a no from, directly from this person. And I got their email and I got their assistance email and I CC'd the two. And within an hour, within an hour, I had a response from this person saying, wow. oh my God, I'm so grateful that you reached out. This sounds unbelievable. I would love to be part of it. I'm booked and blessed for the next however, I don't even know how long, but like, please keep me in mind. Circle back at this time. Many months later, I recircled back. Same kind of thing. Had a personal response back to them being like, still booked and blessed. Please, we're still so interested. But had I continued to play with the gatekeeping of it, right. this person didn't even know that I was reaching out, trying to not saying you must be a part of this thing. It was like an offering of like, I yeah. love you and your work. I think you would be an incredible guest on this podcast. I think that you would really impact our listeners. Would you be open and willing? Totally cool. If not, let me know either way. The ask was open-ended. And those the playing of the gatekeeping rules is so I understand why it's there because the overwhelm can yeah. be insane. I totally get it and I want to respect it. And sometimes it does come from a place where it's like, all right, I just want to know. <laughs> and so yeah. having the LinkedIn option of like, again, you're not demanding anything of a person. It's like a, it's an offering of, hey, right. here's a thank you for the work that you do or here's a admiration note for the things that I really think are awesome. This is an opportunity for me to want to connect with you because I really think you're dope. Here's that period, not a, Hey, can you give me a hundred thousand dollars or will you direct me in a show that you're putting on now? Like you're, we're not coming from that. We're coming from a, this is what's built into the system of let me build my relationships and you happen to be connected to me in these kind of ways. Let's see what comes from it. Um, yes, that's exactly right. That's so beautifully said. I love how you how you laid that down. That's exactly it. You're showing up with admiration and and a potential invitation, and knowing that this work, you know, not everybody checks LinkedIn every day. Yeah. Sometimes people will get back to you, like you said, like in your in your story, like they'll get back to you three months later and be like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I don't check LinkedIn." But 
yes, you know, and, and the mm-hmm. relationship will begin there and maybe it'll go off LinkedIn and that's okay. Cause that's really, I see LinkedIn as that linkage yeah. and then you want to take it off LinkedIn. eventually. Yeah. I would love to talk to you about your like seat at the t- table boardroom philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. I So my, my podcast is called the campfire circle and you know, mm-hmm. in like brand messaging world, marketing world, people say to be clear and concise and not cute. And I was like, you know what? No, I want to be, I want to be a little cute with this. I, Cause this is, <laughs> this is what I'm about, but I, but I explain it. So I think we all talk about getting a seat at the table, right? That's like the whole thing. And it's like, I don't really want to sit at the table. The table's boring. The table's stuffy. I've sat at the table and I don't, mm-hmm. I didn't like being there. It didn't feel good for me. And so my whole thing is what if we just reframe the ultimate space of leadership from being this boardroom table to being more like a campfire circle? Mm -hmm. Because if you imagine a campfire circle in your mind, like what are the things that come up for you? Like that's where we share our stories. That's where there's enough room for everyone. And like, yes, somebody might be sitting on a log. Someone might be sitting on a little, on a little blankie, but like there is enough room for everyone. It's a circle. It can get as big as it needs to. And it's it's about like wherever it's it's about a place where everyone belongs. And mm-hmm. so to me that's what leadership is really about. And that's sort of the imagery I try to carry with me when I show up in the world, whether I'm writing a LinkedIn post, whether I'm hiring somebody on my team, whether I'm like putting out an offer, like I try to see everything through that lens, right? So that's kind of just like I would almost call that like a, a branch of my vision. Like that's just yeah. how I see the world. That's the world yeah. I want to live in. I love that metaphor so much because I feel not only is it like anybody can come and we're all the, the space can open and expand and contract to be more intimate or expansive depending on how many people are there and what's taking place at a campfire but it's also that people can be doing all sorts of things and mm-hmm. none of it and all of it matter as in I could be making my s'mores and eating it by myself yes. I could be making s'mores with somebody else and teaching somebody how to do it or somebody else could be teaching me their ways of doing s'mores which by the way the best way to do a s'more is if you take a chocolate and you shove it inside the marshmallow and then you shove the stick inside both so <sighs> that when the marshmallow gets on inflamed which it has to like you need that thing to be oh, yeah. blown I, up and I'm flamed. all about the char exactly yeah. full char but because of the heat of the char and the chocolates inside the marshmallow the, the chocolate will melt so you're not going to have a non-melted chocolate when you put it in between your anyway but you can have incredible thank you so much but you can have the people who are doing the s'mores but you can have the person who's playing music you can have a person who's now drumming on their like empty you know seltzer can you can have a person who (laughs) is massaging somebody on the corner and somebody who is like dozing on somebody's lap and everybody's doing something completely disparate but it all is because they are surrounded in this community together and because everyone's just in that space that is the thing and nothing matters but everything matters and um i i it allows for everybody to be exactly where they are um Mm -hmm. and own that people um, can be in many different emotional, physical, spiritual spaces at the same time, and yet they all still belong in the same space. Um, and so it really leaves a lot of room. So for me, I love this metaphor, and I think it's such a beautiful invitation to remember that when we're creating spaces, that when we are building community, when we are networking, whether we like that word or not, there is this idea that if we're not trying to create this table that has a finite amount of space around it, but we're creating this campfire, then it really does feel expansive. It does feel like there's possibility. It does feel like it doesn't need to have rules that it has to be a certain way and it has to look a certain way and it has to feel a certain way. I just, I wanted to bring that into the space. Um, You know, I think it's such a wonderful gift of a reframe for how we can view um, community building and creating new rooms and spaces um, where everyone, truly everyone is invited. Yes. You, you, you absolutely get it. You just like, a plus, like that was such a stunning description of what that is. That's absolutely beautiful. And what I got from that too is like there's no competition either. Yeah. Like we can all show up as ourselves and yeah. we all lift each other up by just being there. So a hundred percent, a hundred percent. As we wind down our time, is there anything on your heart or spirit that we didn't talk about, whether it's in relationship to LinkedIn, whether it's in relationship to this campfire idea, whether it's in relationship to knowing that there are artists listening in this space um, that is still on your heart? 
Oh, you know, this was such a beautiful, expansive, like heart-filling conversation. I would say just dip a toe in, you know, even if you're just going to update that profile, even if you're just going to send a couple messages to people that you've been wanting to reach out to and haven't for whatever reason, just dip a toe in and see what happens. Like the water's fine and you just never know what seemingly miraculous, magical thing can emerge from there because I've just seen it time and time and time again. So, okay. yeah. So good. Yeah. You can't get this wrong. That's the other thing I'd say. You can't get this wrong. Yeah. I think that's the fear though. The fear is like, oh no, but like, you know, if I reach out to this person who is so insert, you know, status here above me, then I've ruined this thing that is possible. It's like, well, no, it's a hello. <laughs> it's a hello. It's an admiration. And who doesn't love getting that, right? Yeah. 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 But I get it. I totally get it. I've been there. I've done this. Me I've too. literally, I feel it often where it's like, you know, um, <laughs> for anybody who wants to work with you, um, who wants to listen to your podcast, who wants to reach out and ask further questions, what within your boundaries is the best way for people to do so? Definitely. I would say LinkedIn, send me a, connect with me on there. Send me a message. I'd what love about to chat that being the first practice, like reaching out to you yes. as the first? Yeah. <laughs> do that. Do that as the first thing. And I have a lot of pe wonderful people in my network. So if we're connected mm -hmm. and you start sharing and I start engaging, which I will, like that, that will be a, a beautiful thing. So reach out to me, connect. Um, beyond that, my podcast is called the Campfire Circle Podcast. So that's a great space if you want to hear all things storytelling, visibility, some more LinkedIn nuggets. And um, and I think that there's a there's like a resource that we're potentially going to share in the show notes. It's just like 14 ideas for LinkedIn content. Great. So check that out and go from there. I love it. Thank you so much for being willing to be in this space, for sharing these tricks and these tools and this way of thinking. And I think you're dope. I feel like the work that you're doing is so in alignment and um, with what I do and try to do. And so I can't wait to continue building relationships that have to do with you and your sphere and see what comes from there. Um, I just, I think you're super rad and I, I love what you stand for. Well, right back at you. I mean, ditto times 100. Thank you so mm -hmm. much for this opportunity and creating yeah. this space and being in community together. I've loved this conversation. Yay, me too. If something in this episode resonated with you, and more importantly, if this podcast means something to you, it would mean the most to us if you would leave us a positive review. This means the most in podcast land and allows us to continue creating these episodes for you weekly. If you are not yet doing so, please follow us on Instagram at Empowered Artist Collective, on TikTok at Empower Artist Collective, more on our website at empoweredartistcollective.com. If you are seeking some fun, cute merchandise, we have that link for you in the show notes. As always, I am so endlessly grateful that you keep on coming back, and we will be back again next week. Until then. <laughs>